KVBO Radio is back. Free agency offers are in. KJ is probably working on offers as we speak. Hopefully we get some results in before the NBA draft, as I know that's going to occupy uh, most of my attention later on. But of course, we had a little bit of an interesting free agent period this time around. It lacked the high-end talent, I think, that people were hoping for. And I think I think it, on first glance, people were like, wow, this is a really trash free agency. I know I'm talking to Kyle. He's like, wow, is this is like one of the most boring ones ever. But I had actually looked at a few beforehand because... Um, like I alluded to with someone like Andre on the on the website, is if you want to kind of get an idea of what people might offer for certain guys, just look back at previous years. And I had a kind of already been doing that just to kind of put together an offer for Rugens as far as I wanted to see what was the creative offer math-wise that I was able to do to try to make him to put make an offer above the MLE. And I had seen that in previous years, I think we were a little bit blinded by maybe the top-end talent because some of those years were really bad. So like in some, we might have physically more guys that are above the MLE than past years because, you know, some years maybe people didn't have the money or they had the money and they weren't willing to spend it. Um, But this time around, you know, it seems like a lot of solid role players that people, you know, are looking to either retain or maybe to try to steal from someone else. Um, You know, right off the top, you got a guy like Frank Market who was on the Clippers. You got to think the Clippers probably just tried to maybe extend him, um, just for the heck of it, as far as an asset that he most likely would flip. You know, it's, it's funny that BJ mentioned that he had made an offer on him because I feel like that's the perfect kind of guy that BJ would um, would be interested in as far as a fit for that team since he had just traded Wentz and, of course, had drafted uh, Albright, who could still play power forward for him. But Market would be a nice kind of anchor piece for any of these young teams, you know, like myself as well. Um, and, and and if you want to look at, like, next year's cap, because people were kind of, I think, after this free agent period and as we head into the season and we see what how rosters shake up, I think you're going to see some teams um, as take shape and potentially look to make moves because if they feel like they can make a little bit of noise now, even if they have cap, you know, why not just, why not, you know, why throw away a season if you feel like you could potentially get in on buying some decent pieces if they are available? And I feel like sacrificing your cap space for market, for example, if you want to max a guy like that, you know, and, t- and t- try to take advantage of him being available now, like, is that a guy that you would max next year if there's seven or eight guys that maybe you would consider? I mean, we've only talked about, I think, five maybe, but like, let's say he was the sixth guy. Would you consider it? You know, maybe. So if you're BJ and you want to get it done now, you know, why not? You know, if most people, if you feel like a lot of people aren't going to be spending that money, do it. You know, I think the biggest curveball is, is, um, was Omer because Omer's a guy that we saw last year. He paid Towery two years, 20 million, Josephus Clark three years, 12 million, you know, so there's really a chance that I think he was going to, he was going to pay some people too. Um, you know, Kyle had cap space, but you know, in talking to Kyle, it sounded like he really wanted to do short term deals to not hamper his cap space any next year. And I mean, like for literally the amount of guys I offered on, I offered on probably four or five guys. I spent way too fucking long trying to figure out my cap scenario. So one, I wasn't over the hard cap for this season and two, like I still had the cap that I wanted for next season. So I had to try to figure out well, what I want to do with Rugens. And then do I want to offer guys the MLE? And assuming I don't, you know, get Rugens or assuming I do get Rugens, then how do I handle the MLE? And, you know, yes, a guy like Rugens probably is an MLE player, but it's like I know that everyone wanted to offer him that and I should have flipped him last year. So he's the kind of guy that I wanted to, you know, go a little bit above the MLE. If I don't get him, I don't get him. But, you know, like the MLE um, contract, I did the math. It looks like I think that's a twenty-eight million dollar deal. So you know, even if I even if I did you know six years, 
you know, I have, I have more. If, if I want to make, you know, like if someone was going to offer eight by five, that would be a $40 million deal. So it's like, because I can offer a six year, I was able to do a, you know, something interesting. Now, while I get him, I mean, who knows, you know, I, I, I honestly, I honestly doubt I'm going to retain him, you know, because a piece that I know that I'm, I'm looking to move even if, even if I do, because there were suitors last year who I should have dealt him to. And I didn't because I really, you know, got a little bit aggressive in thinking, you know, without a center, I could still have fun in the playoffs and I really wanted to match up against the Kings uh, and just kind of have some fun and see if Rugens would be the kind of guy that you could use against Divine. Um, but I feel like he's the kind of piece that you want lying around. He's like your, uh, <laughs> he's like your NBA role-playing defensive guy, like a Marcus Smart that you kind of want to have to helpfully be a matchup. And because he's pretty much a point guard, but he's shooting guard eligible and he doesn't really turn the ball over and plays good defense, I feel like those guys are valuable. You know, like we talked about Paris Prince here in chat. Like I think he is point guard only. He might be shooting guard, but it's like 64 rebounding, 74 passing. Like, yeah, he doesn't really have great defense. He does have a little bit of foul issue, but he's kind of a low usage guy with, with rebounding and passing. And there are teams like myself don't have a lot of rebounding. So if you're able to get a guard that has rebounding like that, you know, yes, you probably don't want to pay a ton, but you know, if you're giving that guy a reasonable contract, he's still young and he keeps getting a ton of progressions, you know, like he's, I think he's just a very useful piece. Um, we're talking about Jason Marsh here in, in chat. And I think, uh, Marsh was a sneaky guy because he really was productive this past season for Smath. It seemed like he, he finally got it together as far as he, he became an efficient player and, um, the foul rate was a little bit more managed than usual, and he he actually beat me in the fucking playoffs. So it's like for all the times I I badmouthed Marsh, I really thought he was a guy that was going to play, you know, historically below his ratings and had a bad foul rate. Um, but I mean, we saw he got progressions up to the point where he's a fifty-seven two G percent. So if you still can't be decent with a fifty-seven two G percent, you know that's a problem. Now, if you want to pay that guy a decent contract, that makes sense. Um, we know that Smath because he. Um, was over the hard cap. He did not have bird rights. So in theory, Smath would have to have physical cap space to use. So if you do not have bird rights because of the cap penalty, when you go into free agency, um, you he Smath wouldn't be able to make an offer. Now, if he did get his cap below 70, and let's say he got it down to like 60, yes, then he could offer a $10 million deal to, to Marsh. Now, that'd still be a 10 by 5. He cannot do the six year. Like He has lost bird rights on those players that he had on his roster, meaning when they hit free agency, he is not able to offer bird right type contracts. He would need to have cap space just like everybody else. So that's kind of a big deal, you know, if you have high-end talent. Now, we're not going to call Marsh high-end talent, but, you know, he's a good player. He's definitely not as bad as I once made him out to be, um, but he's not a guy that I, I think he's a risky max guy. And it's like, I, I feel like Unless you just have the money to throw around and you're going to have max money next year, I don't think I would max. So my phone just rang while I was recording, and apparently that cuts off the audio, um, which is unfortunate. But anyways, I think we're talking about Marsh. So yeah, in any, in any case, Marsh, I don't think I would max now because I just don't think any team, unless you have the money also for next year, I don't think I would sacrifice my cap space next season for a guy like Marsh right now. Um, but if you didn't really have maybe... Um, room for max cap, for example. So it's like if you had $10 million to spend, that's not a terrible idea because if you feel like you're not going to have a max slot for the upcoming offseason and you don't think he's really worth it, you know, if you want to pay him that much this time around, I could definitely see that as well. See that as well. So I felt like he was kind of a sneaky, nice piece that no one really noticed um, to a degree as far as a guy who could get paid and that he might actually get slightly underpaid just because he's not as sexy as some of the other guys. Um so I had Rugens. I talked about him. Um, we had talked about um, 
Oh, Cole from the Blazers looked like Ricky offered him a pretty big deal. He's a guy that, you know, if you're if you're a team, if you're a young team, I don't really think you want to spend the money on him. Um, I feel like, yes, again, we talk about teams with under 10 million in cap. If you have a little bit above the MLE, he's a, he's a sneaky guy that you could try to steal away. Um, it sounds like with Ricky's overpay, he might potentially stay, and I could see that happening. But, um, but he kind of seems like a guy who's somewhat done. I think he's going to, no matter what, He'll be productive for any team that he goes to, but, you know, like a big contract on him, and this is where we talk about Brick and guys like that, is that, you know, like a long-term deal on a guy like that, you know, just kind of kind of eat up your cap, and I just don't know how high-end your team is if that guy's eating up a chunk of your cap, and, you know, like Ricky's going to call me a pussy when it comes to the money, but it's like, if that guy's eating up $13 million of your cap... Um, I just don't know if he's still a high-end player. Like, we talk about guys like being an MLE-type player. You know, he's a guy that probably just only deserves, you know, half of what maybe he's getting. And that, you know, it matters. It matters, in my opinion, when you're trying to pay other guys, you know, to try to piece things together. You know, it's like Ricky is, is, you know, he'll eat brick. That's fine. But he's frustrated because, you know, it's having a little bit of trouble moving that guy. And it really is because he gets paid that much. Like, Ricky's fine with the production and fine with what he does. But when you have that many guys that end up being overpaid, you have a little bit less, less maneuverability. So that's kind of what it is, is when you're trying to win and you have some guys that are overpaid that are older, it kind of hampers your maneuverability. But in either case, I mean, he's still going to be a, a productive player. It's just how much would you want to pay that guy? Um, we also had Draymond Reed. He's an interesting guy, I think, because he's center of eligible. And what's interesting is that he's really not good at, at a lot of stuff anymore. But, like, even in the playoffs, like, he kind of held up. He still shot 50%. He can still rebound a bit. He kind of does a little bit of everything. He's just not really that good anymore. So it's like you could argue that that's, like, kind of a guy that is he going to – I mean, you probably would want Marsh – other than the fact that Reed fouls, or I mean, sorry, that Marsh fouls, is that, you know, Reed, I guess, the, you know, again, the three-position eligibility is good, but, I mean, I guess Marsh has that too. So, you know, it's like to overpay a guy like Reed, and I don't know, and again, even if someone, I feel like a couple of people have mentioned paying Reed for two years, and again, it's like, unless you really think you're going to flip that guy or unless you're trying to be frisky, it's like, I just don't even see that see that as being a guy that I would sacrifice on on a two-year deal now i guess the point would be is that you you use him this year and when you head into next season you try to get with people that you know don't have cap or things like that i mean i guess he would be an expiring so the point would be is someone would need to take him on so he's not going to hurt you long term but it's like you'd have to dump him straight up onto somebody and say okay who wants reed for free well if you have cap next season why would you want Reed for $15 million you're just going to try to use your cap and free agency so i think even a two-year deal on reed is pretty risky unless you're certain that you can kind of flip him for maybe a pick and an expiring this season, you know? And then I guess that's the idea is that there are teams competing and if you can get an expiring and a pick for Reed, um, then it, it, it's probably worth it. So, you know, maybe I am wrong about that because that, I guess, would make some sense. Um, but, uh, but other than that, I mean, I'm probably overlooking some guys. There's some sneaky little young guys that I like. There was a couple bigs that, I mean, I had zero rebounding, so there's some cheaper guys that I, I know I targeted. Um, but I think, oh, oh, under, I mean, obviously I didn't need a power forward. Under is a power forward only guy. I feel like if you're a team that has a, a center and you want some high-end rebounding and passing, I mean, under is basically kind of Tom Parsons without scoring. You know, so it's like there's some teams out there that could use him at power forward. Um, if you've got a guy, like if you've got a guy that plays power forward and center, you know, you could slide your power forward as the second center and under can get, you know, 20 to 30 minutes off the bench. He could be a starter on teams that 
really don't need much at power forward. He's kind of a sneaky guy that I feel like, you know, someone that needs that kind of player to fill out their roster and has the money, I think you could do worse. Um, but he was kind of a target that, he, yeah, I could see him getting the MLE, but I could also see him some, someone paying him. You know, so it'll be actually really interesting at the end of the day to see what everyone kind of paid these guys. That's where it's like it's it's a fun free agency, in my opinion, for just looking at ultimately where guys sign, assuming it's not the MLE. Like who really just completely overpaid for no reason? Did someone just make an off-the-wall offer? Was everyone kind of very reasonable in their offers? Um, and and, uh, and I can't think of the right word. Um as as far as as watching watching their funds and budgeting correctly, you know, or or did some people just go nuts because they had the cap space and just said, "What the hell? I want to I want to pay this guy," you know. So I wouldn't be surprised if we have like, a, you know, someone like Omer make a couple big moves and and get a couple of these guys just because he has the cap space, um, and you know, if some guys go back to where they're from, and you know, not much is too different than what it is now as far as where these guys are you know that wouldn't be that wouldn't be surprising either but you know, i think it's gonna be interesting to see how many of these guys ultimately end up getting traded you know how many maybe lower end guys got little sneaky deals some ins and whatnot and of course you know in in probably just by the end of the night here we're gonna have a really solid look as far as what teams rosters are going to be and then of course once we get results let the trading season begin because then things I think are going to really ramp up because people are going to know now they didn't get any of these random guys that they might have wanted. They're going to know for sure what their cap space is going to look like when it comes to next season. You know, we're going to have extensions at, after. I mean, we got to wait for the, the, the second free agent period, but then we'll have extensions coming up. And then, of course, after extensions, we'll really know um, what guys might be available. You know, if certain guys don't extend, would those teams look to flip them, you know, or or. You know, are, are we going to lose half the free agent class because half of the potential guys that everyone's waiting for end up extending? You know, there's a good chance that, you know, we're talking about like six or seven guys that we're looking at. If, you know, there only ends up being two guys, um, you know, what happens? Do people now go into the different direction? Because now that's pretty risky for all these teams to try to just hope they can land one guy. Um, and you got some teams that probably would just want to say, well, screw it. I just want to win. So I think fun results will be fun. Nothing crazy, but obviously it'll start to give us an idea what things are going to look at. And uh, we'll talk more later. Peace.